Put the suckers works out, man, it's time to drink. You know, all I need is some afterward drinks. This is how we do when the week is through. Welcome to the After Work Drinks Podcast. Here are your hosts. All right, welcome into the maiden voyage of After Work Drinks. You've probably heard our preview show, but this is the real deal. No longer episode zero, this is episode one. Uh, I, of course, am Pooch, and I am joined as always by Danielle. How's it going, crew? And uh, we've got a special guest that I'm going to introduce in just a few moments. Uh, but I do want to throw out there all the ways that you can follow us online. So make sure that you check us out. Facebook, AWD Podcast, Instagram, AWD Podcast, Twitter, AWD Pod, and Snapchat. If you like to be a voyeur and see what we're drinking, what we're doing, if we're having fun, uh, screen name for that is After Work Drinks. One word. Yes, one word. Caps on the, the first letters, if that matters. I don't think it's cap sensitive. I don't know. I don't know. But then uh, we also we also have some some fun stuff that has happened. We've got ourselves up on all of these wonderful podcast directories. So SoundCloud.com slash AWD Podcast. That's like our home base. They host us. But we are now carried on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher. It's a real deal making it up to iTunes. And I feel... I feel as though some people have to know that. Because if you're listening to this right now, you're doing it from one of those those spots so thank you if you are not an <laughs> apple guy tell your tell your friend that's got uh an android google play or spotify or one of those just make sure you listen make it work uh we've got a great show for you a very stacked first show as it should be you got to make a good first impression right so uh segments coming up on the show we've got here's to you and that's going to feature nick's interview with emily slayton of skeleton key brewery located in woodridge illinois we also have 99 Bottles, where our discussion topic today will be centered on public bathroom behavior. Ew. Uh, <laughs> there's some fun stories there. We had some exciting people comment on our uh, poop particles from the uh, intro. So yeah, yeah. More that, to come. That was... <laughs> we'll get to that later. Uh, we have Pints Up, Pints Down, which is uh, essentially the thumbs up or thumbs down review segment of the show. Uh, today, there's going to be a cherry theme. We have some cherry flavored beers. We're going to be sampling and reviewing Lakefront Brewery's Brandy Barrel Aged Cherry Lager. That's a mouthful. It is. This, one, this next one's even worse. Here we go. As well as New Holland Brewing's Dragon's Milk Reserve. Cherry Chocolate Bourbon Barrel Stout. That is an even bigger mouthful. And uh, I'll also give my quick two cents on Ant-Man and the Wasp, which I went to the movies and saw on opening weekend. And in just a little bit, we will also have Nick filling us in on some industry news and notes, some events that are upcoming during our What's Hoppin' segment. But first... It appears we have a guest. Somebody get that! Who is it? A guy walks into a bar. 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 So let's welcome into the studio and welcome to the show Chicago's very own Kip Russell. Kip, how's it going? Good. How are you guys doing? I'm ready for some beer. Yes, right. yes. Came uh, thirsty? <laughs> yes, I did. I'm gonna, awesome. I'm going to make you earn it a little bit. I'm going to ask you a few questions about yourself before I can uh, allow us to crack those open in the next segment. Sounds good. But uh, man, uh, your latest release, 2017's The Sweet Spot of Life. Yeah. Uh, 
first things first, I have to say, because it's kind of funny. Like when I was talking, <laughs> when I was talking to you, and uh, and I, I was, you know, just kind of reminiscing, going back to some of the old releases. So yeah, I got, cool. I've got the Apple Music uh, subscription, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm just sitting there trying to like go back <laughs> to the old albums and everything. Uh, dig, dig, untied from like what 2006. Dig that out Six, of. Yeah. Uh, a box of old local music I had from when I moved. The crates, yeah. Yeah, I had to get it out the <laughs> box, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I, I went to iTunes and I wanted to listen to some more of the new stuff. Mm. And then I realized this discrepancy that you've been rolling for well over a decade yeah. as Kid Russell, yep. K-I-D-D. Yeah. And on this latest release, you go by your actual given name, yeah. Kip. Russell. Kip Russell, yeah. I and, think I uh, asked about the flip. You know, hey, why why was it a D and then a P? <laughs> yeah, so so Danielle brought this up in the, the preview show that we recorded uh, in June. And it was a good question. And it made me go and actually look and notice, like, yeah, you know what? That's the case. That's, wh- yeah. that's what he's rolling as right now. So uh, what prompted the change from your longtime stage name to now going by your, your given name? Um, I think it's just a little bit of a rebrand, meaning, like, uh, the music's a little bit more mature, the subject matter. And I, I kind Kind of wanted to just be my like myself on it and i even with sweet spot of life i feel like it articulates who i am like kind of now more than anything it's like a, it's a real different like whole sound um so I, f- I felt like it made sense i still release everything on uh the same channels except for like uh, the streaming services but other than that um i just thought it was the right move at, at this age and stage in life and you've no been, longer a kid. No, huh? no longer a kid. Yeah. All grown's up. Yeah, <laughs> I don't drink beer legally with you guys. <laughs> you hit a, you hit a certain age. Yeah. It's uh, you know, the new kids on the block yep. and and the backstreet boys and. <laughs> Luckily, boys to men, yeah. they N- were always. This they- is my NKTOB or whatever. <laughs> my career. <laughs> I mean, like those other guys, those other guys, they were kind of screwed. They were locked in with those names, but yeah. uh, at least boys to men, they always knew that they were gonna become men after being boys for a while. They had it. <laughs> they had both in there. They had it built in, so they were set. But um, so yeah, based on that, uh, I wanted to say you've been doing this a long time. Yeah. And I feel like with every album release, your sound changes and evolves, and, yeah. and you just touched on that, which is part of the name change. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much of that? do you attribute to the different musicians and producers you've worked with over the years oh that's a big influence so i was doing pretty pretty much like hardcore hip-hop in the beginning and then um, when i met matt jenkins kind of almost by accident who produced a lot of the backyard heroes era stuff um i almost fell into kind of the new sound like he's like we're playing this reggae beat and jamming and i'm i'm performing one of my hip-hop tunes kind of half singing it um, and that song actually, believe it or not, it's been licensed so many times and we like mistakenly made it in a basement together and really changed the direction of my career. And then, uh, I worked with Ross Gohan, who's literally written for like Justin Bieber, like, like one of the biggest songwriters in the world right now. Um, and we did a song called East North Avenue and I had never sung like a, literally a note in my life. And he's like, do you want to do this or I'll do, you know, like basically I had to like take two singing lessons that just understand I could do it. And then that's <laughs> And song, he tossed it up to you just he, like that. He, he gave it to me and it was a, a huge record for me too. And, um, it, uh, especially one that people really related to. Um, and that really kind of crafted, I think the foundation for what I do now, which is like hip hop, you know, rooted beats usually with some sort of sing song rap over it. So yeah, I mean, it just uh, changes and morphs, man. But yeah. I think that's what, you know, an artist, you get, bored doing one thing you want to keep trying different mm-hmm. things so yeah i mean there's there's definitely been a lot of artists over the years that i think uh they have that i don't want to i don't want to say like cookie cutter thing but like mm-hmm. every album sounds the same and and to yeah. some degree you have your style there's a good there's a good in the beginning it's good to foundationally do that and then evolve after that because you build a core 
and you, you can you never I mean? you can never make everybody happy because yeah. I'll see like I, I don't know that message boards are still a thing for bands, but when no. you, when you like <laughs> signed up for message boards for these bands, now it's probably you know social media pages. But yeah. uh, I just remember like back in like two thousand. Somewhere in that area, like Big you know, time. you'd go to like a, a band. They were like the group Facebook groups back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like the old school version of it. And you'd go there, and you would see like, oh man, like this is BS. Like the new album, it's totally yeah. not. You know, so and so, this isn't their sound. Why did they sell you, out? People would be brutal against that. And it's like, no, it's not selling out. It's it's Just evolving me. your sound. Like, I mean, like new I, like new metal bands. Like, so if, you have, are you gonna do that now in 2018? Like, if you can tweak it a little, <laughs> that's probably good. Right. Well, do you remember Shwayze or the Flowbots? Do you guys remember these guys? Yeah. Flowbots had that, I ride my bike with no mm-hmm. handlebars. So they were they were good friends of mine in the industry. And I remember sitting in a room and they had both just dropped their sophomore albums, which were like a little bit of a, like 303, like Shwayze makes like acoustic hip hop and they kind of added that 303 clubby sound to it. And um, uh, Flowbots had just kind of done the same thing and their second albums were completely kind of floppy, you know, compared to their first ones. And it was interesting to hear them say this exact thing, mm-hmm. that their, their loyal fan bases were so in love with the first project that the change just slightly, like literally... Kind of threw them. Bro- yeah, like broke the needle a little bit. And other things have factors like timing, but it's uh, it's crazy, man. Sometimes mm-hmm. you, you hit them, sometimes you don't. Or you do it right like Kanye and they stick with you, you know, so... Mm-hmm. So we've talked a little bit about your transition here mm-hmm. and kind of like your style. Do you have like that natural kind of comfort zone that you prefer to dabble around in? Or is it all about like, hey, you know, new me, this is this is Kip, not Kid. I'm just kind of rolling with it and so trying I'm, it out. Yeah, I'm most comfortable rapping still. So okay. um, like Rush Rock or Pulaski Day. Pulaski Day is like exactly where I feel comfortable because it's more energy on stage. Mm-hmm. Now I'm um, doing like Grateful in my new project. If you hear it's a little bit more if the drums stay high energy and I can kind of keep melodic over that, that then I feel really in the groove. So mm-hmm. a little bit more melody, but keeping the energy up is where I kind of like to stay. Well, I appreciate you taking on the challenge. I know it's, yeah. it's, a, it's fun to kind of hear a new sound on that. Yeah. So keep dabbling. Yeah, I'm, I'm a dabble. <laughs> yeah. I'm a dabbler. <laughs> I'm dabbling a little bit of everything. <laughs> I have, if you really think about it, like from the wrestling theme songs to like uh, some of the, I've got a metal yeah, song mean, out there like with a, a different band. It's like I pretty much hit all the... The, the genres at some point a lot of yeah a lot of people you know they may be being introduced to you right now for the first time and not really be familiar with like your whole backstory and, yeah. and we don't need to give it all here but mm-hmm. uh yeah like you just said you've done a lot uh one of my questions i feel like you've kind of touched on it a little bit so i'll, I'll tweak how i'm going to ask it mm-hmm. is uh that evolution from being just a rapper yeah and and now you know like you said hey like i do a little sing-songy thing in there when i can yeah. uh you good friends with indie wrestler colt cabana yeah. and that got you into like ring of honor wrestling and you did other theme songs Titus, not yeah, yeah, yeah. not just for Colt and like that was cool uh, so basically I, I feel like you started as one thing and then you just made sure that you kept every road every avenue possible open so that yeah. you have all these different connects and, and you've dabbled as Daniel said <laughs> successfully uh, so is there any kind of crazy tweak coming up that you so, foresee I'm not I'll probably stay in this range now but a little bit more stadium sound is what the new stuff sounds like um, but I, I think I found like a place I, I call it my new route and kind of growing from from here with the sweet spot of life. I like I, it. I'm gonna kind of do a repeat of that with the next project, but then it's gonna be a little bit bigger with state stadium um, drums. But uh, I, I like it all, man. It's all fun, you know. Now the sweet spot of life. Yeah. Not just an album title, is no, it? No. I, I feel like that's kind of where you're living right now. Can you speak to that? Song? Yeah. So um, I took some some time off while making this project because I had a daughter. She's two, Riley. I just got married, just bought a house out here in, in, in the south side of Chicago, 
and really just kind of owning it, everything feeling good, right? It's like the sweet spot in terms of financial and age and life and just um, things coming full circle. And I, I wanted to capture that in an album so people put it on, whether they're at the beach, you know, at their lake house or uh, just jamming on a, on a nice sunny day that this album would be that one that makes them feel like, yeah, man, no matter what's going on in the world, whatever I'm reading on Facebook, you know, there's still, uh, you know, a lot to look forward to. And a lot of the little things is what you hear me capture on the album, like, you know, just hanging with, with, with your wife and, and your baby is actually as fun as going out to the club and not want to capture those magic moments and mm-hmm. make them bigger than what they what they are. Yeah, there's some great tracks on here that I feel are like very relatable. Yeah. Um, I mean, I watched you promote Morning Cup of Coffee, like <laughs> yeah. hanging out with like a coffee and donut food truck on yeah, the morning yeah. news. Beavers. And yeah, and uh, it's funny, they actually came out to my work. They do like little employee appreciation things. Yeah, so yeah. when I saw you in front of the truck doing your thing, <laughs> and I'm just like, hey, I had their coffee and donuts. That oh, place so is all good. right. Yeah. yeah, shout out to Beavers Crew. They sponsored the release of it. Um, we gave free donuts out to the city. Um, the, the owners are fantastic over there and they, they helped me out with the release in other ways too. And, uh, it was a, it was a big moment. I got a lot of, a lot of press coverage, WGN, you know, uh, uh, newspapers, um, WGN radio as well. So it was fun. I think we were on WCIU, the jam. So it was cool. It was, it was a special moment. Um, and it's like, a it's a fun relatable song because yeah. I mean like how many of us we wake up and you need that morning cup to yeah. to get through your day man like yeah there's no chance of, of me being on the right side of the bed and and having like a positive mentality yeah. without that that cup in the morning first thing so <laughs> hell yeah we uh, wanted to capture like that first thirty minutes like sometimes for people that's like a spiritual moment right they're like uh, <laughs> Tre- Trevor was just texting me this morning um you know you're by yourself you're kind of reflecting before the stress yeah. hits you and you can sip that coffee maybe checking even your email if you're at work or maybe you're out on vacation before everyone gets up you kind of own that moment and coffee's usually your best friend during that moment and that's what the song's about while the hook says coffee the, the lyrics are more about you know life is good yeah. and here, here's where we're at versus like cream and sugar and Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> um it's a jam man cisco adler who produced produced that for me who produced um uh, you know, Plasky Day, I flew out, we were going to do this, the first five songs of this project, and it's 9 a.m. in the morning, we get to his house, he's literally brewing coffee, I'm like, well, he's like, so what's your first idea? I'm like, like, as, coffee, he, right as he's there. pouring it in his cup <laughs> and sipping it, I'm telling him what I want to do with morning coffee in the 30 minutes, and he's like, let's go, and like, ten, literally 10 or 15 minutes later, yeah. we had the hook, it was awesome. So this morning cup of coffee, start out this perfect day, kiss my girl up on the to see even just where like some inspiration comes from every time like yeah you're mentioning your family you know talking about home uh-huh. like, really just like lamenting on hey like those those sweet spots right like, yeah feeling good about a cup of coffee yeah you know i think we because of the craziness of the world and feeling like you want to be somewhere maybe that you're not yet in life and i've been there and you know when you're younger and, and where you're going and um like the lyrics even on sweet spot are like empty wine glasses beer bottles good music in the background put my kids to sleep dishes in the sink all my best friends just left out it's really about the moment after a, a party when you mm-hmm. kind of celebrating like oh sh-, you know i'm grown you know i just did all this and my, my friends are gone and i'm sitting on the couch i'm going you know life's not too bad man you know what i mean yeah. so that's that's the whole album no <laughs> I, 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 like there's so many like just like one lines like uh in, in morning cup just talking about like you know before your checklist gets out of yeah. control like let me get this coffee and like reflect for a minute and, yeah. and it's true there's so many days where like here's your checklist of what you got to get done yeah you know like 
man, like at the end of the day, that's how you can tell you're grown up. Like, is yeah. if I got my whole checklist done, I didn't have to push anything to tomorrow. Yeah. Holy crap, that is a successful day. Yeah. And yeah. even just being able to say, like, hey, like, let me get me right before yeah. I can get like this project right or get us right or you know take this to the next level. Mm-hmm. It's like you got to make sure you're your best self. That you're you're bringing your full self to the table. Cor- correct. Yeah. You know, and, and you want to make sure you're happy, and then the more happy you are, the more happy the people around mm-hmm. you are. So and Love other it. other songs, uh, just to to touch on because like the whole album's great but uh but dumb shit is like yeah. my total summer <laughs> jam now yeah. now that the now that the weather's warming up you know i cruise windows my, down yeah windows down cruising and uh and i've even on social media well, like a week or two ago we, we've all watched your your daughter picked up the uh the curse word <laughs> there in the song and uh and that's really awesome too so i it, wasn't i'm more that was the most proud i've ever been of her <laughs> <laughs> she knows all the songs that's actually you know super fun like seeing her sing and then um, she goes to daycare, and the, I walk in, and all the kids are like, "You're on YouTube," and they're all singing on morning coffee. Or, oh, you're gonna have a whole not oh. dumb shit. No. <laughs> I, I, I was gonna say, is that. there a, is there a duet in the works? You guys gonna I'm working get on something it. out there? It's like a slow process. She's only two now, but I'm working mm-hmm. on it. She, 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 a few more years. Beyonce, yeah. Yeah. yeah, a few more years. I'm thinking like a couple four, months yeah. at <laughs> this rate. Look at that. I've shot four videos. She's been in all four. So um, that's um, awesome. It's uh, it makes it more fun when she's around. So mm-hmm. and it, it's awesome at, at such a young age that you. You see, just like in your, you know, not the actual music videos, but just the the videos you post. You know, mm-hmm. she, sing and dance, and clearly loves daddy's music. So, yeah. starting off good, you know, she's like, a daddy's girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, she, she's gonna be ready to sing. Dad, daddy, you'll be a little bit older, but yeah, I think there'll be a duet at some point down the road for sure. Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, since we touched on your daughter, uh, another song that I wanted to bring up was uh, you released, I believe, back in April, was the music video for Every Month She Cries, mm-hmm. uh, and that's a song for those who've struggled or are currently struggling to have children. So, I mean, first off, congrats to you on, mm-hmm. on your first child. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's awesome, and she's freaking adorable on all your <laughs> social media. Um, tell us what being a parent means to you and your wife, and why you felt compelled to write a song about that struggle. Um, so, it took me and my wife, like, I'd really say 14, but really because we were together for a long time. But it took us four years to have a kid, and we went through difficult journeys like a lot of people do. And I wasn't as hyper aware. I've had some friends um, go through some, you know, really d- difficult times trying to conceive. And, you know, most people think it's fun and easy, or it happens, you know, without even trying. And it took us a while, and it was really hard on my wife to see her kind of, um, you know, take t- a little bit of too much, you know, the pressure was on her, right? Like, she, you know, as much as we're both involved in it. And, um, as a man, it's kind of like you're trying to, you know, you wish you could just take the pain away. You could care less about, you know, whether whether she has a kid or not, really, when you, when you love her. But um, I wanted to capture that moment so we could spread it out and tell other people's stories. Another negative sign. I keep a positive mind. Tell her it's okay when I know it's a lie. Because when I look her in the eye, so much I want to say Wish I could take away her pain But every month she cries Every month she cries Nothing in this world Could dry How do you tell someone They'll see the sun When every month she cries Cries. Everyone she cries. 
like I put out. Do you remember Deer Shooter? Yeah, that song mm-hmm. was like you're reading. You're reading the paper right uh, here because yeah, well, it, it, it kind of flows. Exactly. You know, like um, my my like one A question to this was the, like you know this song isn't the first serious no yeah. you know subject matter you've touched on like like Deer Shooter that was a big deal like didn't even may, am, a, I, am I remembering this wrong? Wild, but did, did Oprah yeah. throw some love? I feel like no MTV it was everywhere and as an indie artist that song had like what I call legs and yeah you ran the, it ran and I would get people writing me from they play at the funerals and and um. Uh, it's still probably more relevant than any music yeah, ever made. I, like, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's I, sad. I, I don't even remember if it was a specific incident that year that made you like prompted you to write it. But Virginia now... Tech made me write it, but it came out like the day after NIU. Oh, I was God, like, yeah. the world needs to hear it, and I was just literally talking to people who heard it during NIU. Somehow stumbled upon me again on social media, and they were writing me like how that got that song got them through losing their friend. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know, it blows your mind. I'm a little, you know, I'm an indie artist from Chicago, and that song is like a change people's lives and I'm the same response I got from shooters what I've been getting in that in the more like the, the that kind of a world of like infertility and stuff like that that world has kind of embraced it and covered it and there's been a lot lots of coverage on news you know sites like that and um it has special you know special meaning to me and it's had a uh, profound experience uh to a lot of people who've gone through it they write me all the time so it's pretty pretty exciting it's it's a dual-edged sword. I, I mm-hmm. want to say that it's it's both happy and unfortunate yeah. that uh, songs like that can stay relevant for this long. Like, So Dear Shooter, mm-hmm. the past year there's been so many shootings, it's unfortunately probably even Crazy. more relevant now than it was. And yeah. it's like so many that don't even really make the major headlines that mm-hmm. you have to dig to find out, but they're like happening every day. Every day so yeah. that song will probably never not be relevant. Like yeah. until the day you, you hang up your microphone and, yeah. and uh, you know shut down your Pro Tools or whatever, like that song will be relevant. Yeah. And obviously there'll be people you know struggling to, to create life too. So I feel like these songs are always going to be around, always going to be something that people... Are appreciative of you writing and yeah. recording, and that they can relate to. So that's very cool as well. And that's the most rewarding part as an artist, I think. You know, more more than anything else, you can get. And uh, deep thoughts, right? <laughs> some deep thoughts. Some I deep know. Thoughts. I'm like taken back here. I'm just like, Crying. man. You know, like it's that kind of stuff though that that hits you hard, that yeah. has some significance behind it. And when it's something personal like that, yeah. that you're you know, being vulnerable yourself and yeah. being even willing to share part of your story or yeah. how it's impacted you and your family. And, um, you know, whether we know it or not, I mean, we have friends, family, you know, coworkers that are experiencing a lot of the yeah. same things. And, you know, hey, like a lot of it, we just internalize, yeah. you know, and people don't know the struggle because we're not willing to share. Yeah. Um, so huge props to you just for, you know, I mean, being willing to take that first step and, mm-hmm. um, you know, hey, show people that it's okay to embrace this. And, you mm-hmm. know, there's other people that are there for you. Thank you. Um, it's funny because that song I wrote before we even knew she was pregnant and in my mind and the way I feel about life, and actually it's really how my songs have translated that, but I wrote it with the happy ending because I wanted a happy end, and it, yeah. be, it was and it a happy true. Yeah. It, it was a happy ending. I Hell said, yeah. "Son, though, we end up having a daughter." <laughs> <laughs> Super happy about the daughter. Um, so that, I'm sure your daughter fun. will have her own input on that. You yeah. know, after a while. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's cool. And then she's in the like we use pregnancy like the uh, baby footage in the video too. So yeah, that's awesome see. to put your personal touch like that. Yeah. I, I told her, I forwarded her to the, the music video, uh, mm-hmm. and I was just like, yeah, I know him. It totally just kicked me right in the feels. <laughs> yeah. Because to be, to be perfectly honest, you know, like a lot of people, uh, you know, they get married and, and they choose like, hey, let's have some us time before it's like family and then the mm-hmm. kids become the priority. So to be perfectly honest, I, I had no idea that you guys were going through that struggle yeah. until you dropped that song. And I was like, well, shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, my wife's a lot more private than me. So, you know, I can only, I'm showing what 
your I'm perspective. Com- I'm, and I'm much more comfortable. I go, you know, 100%, but I have to go 50% because that's me res- respecting who she is. Mm-hmm. But, um, and yeah, you look at social media, things are great, but at the end of the day, everyone's going through something, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Love it. Yeah. So what are you looking forward to? What's what's coming up with you guys, with the fam? Um, what do we have to look forward to for the rest of the summer? Um, so we have like, so I've shot four videos. Um, we're currently shooting four more for the project. I want to, uh, every six weeks, we've been trying to put out a video for Sweet Spot of Life. I already have a, a new project with Southside Jake, um, who's a, another Southsider that um, I think it has some really special songs on there that we're about to shoot a video for called Slow Motion. I think it's going to be really good. And then um, I'm already working on the, the follow-up to uh, The Sweet Spot of Life with Nick and, and uh, soon Cisco. So excited to just kind of keep making music and putting out videos. Nice. And I'm trying to go on like a you know, two or, two or three-year run of this. So now that you know Riley's older, I can kind of put my, uh, my full commitment behind it again. And uh, I've been dabbling in shows because that's the new sounds a little bit. I'm learning how to do it live. Yeah. So um, once that's kind of um, ironed out, then I'll start doing a lot more shows, kind of fall area. Awesome. Nice. Well, I know we're all pretty excited to get to the actual beer portion of this this After Work Drinks podcast. <laughs> I'm too sober. What's uh, the <laughs> my answers will get so much better if you just give me that damn beer. But uh, but yeah, I know we want to get to that. And clearly, uh, a lot of the stuff we just talked about uh, between the album and, and your marriage and mm-hmm. your daughter, Riley, a lot of stuff to celebrate. So that's something to cheers to. So yeah. what we're going to do, uh, I want to play a fun one. So let's spin dumb shit. And then after a quick break, Nick's going to tell us what's happened in the industry, and we'll crack open a couple cold ones for our Pints Up, Pints Down segment. And, uh, of course, you are listening to the After Work Drinks podcast. So here's Kip Russell with Dumb Shit, and we're going to be cracking open some beers because it's our namesake. We're obligated. <laughs> Sounds uh, good. Let's go. Right after this. Check it out. She could be a model sipping bottles in my model when I'm not as cool as Jay-Z. <laughs> sipping on a sicker, getting sicker and sicker, she'll probably throw up on me. Damn. We're just young and free. Yes, sir. Sipping liquor on me. On me. Think of each getaway. Let's each get away. Cause that's just what we need. So here's our apology. Sipping on some bottles. We probably doing dumb shit. Sorry. Yeah, we living it up. Red solo cup till we all messed up. Then the moon goes down and the sun goes up. Back at it again. Celebrate me, home, my family and friends. These moments are golden. We hold them forever. You might as well do some dumb shit. So here's our apology. Sipping on some bottles. We probably doing dumb shit. Probably doing. Drank too much tequila, that's why we're doing dumb shit. Why we're doing dumb shit. Here's our 
Instagram's weak spot. Instagram's weak spot. Cheese. Want to see what the guys are drinking, where they're drinking it, and who they're drinking it with? Visit them at Instagram.com slash AWD podcast. That's right. Let us know what you're drinking and tell us which breweries, wineries, and distilleries you think we should visit next. Follow us today at AWD Podcast. It's time for all the latest news and events. What's going on? This is What's Happened. Hey, what's going on, everyone? My name's Nick. Let's get right down to it. Forget Disneyland. New happiest place on earth is now in Ohio, which I never thought I'd say. It's according to James Watt, the co-founder and CEO of BrewDog. The Scottish master brewer will open up the world's first crowdfunded beer-themed hotel called The Doghouse later on this year, right next to their 100,000-square-foot brewery in Columbus, Ohio. And obviously, everything in this 50-room hotel will be focused on the drink. It's going to be beer-stocked in-shower fridges, taps with the brand's flagship Punk IPA in every single room, and how about a spa using beer-themed ingredients like malt facials and hop scrubs? It's going to be a lot of fun. And as expected, the concept delighted many since the crowdfunding campaign first launched in Indiegogo in 2017. It has earned more than $324,000, more than four times their original goal. And with several hotels coming down the pipeline, including the crowdfunded Doghouse Ohio later this year, and another doghouse uh, set to open in Scotland in the first half of 2019, the team at BrewDog looks to have a very ambitious and promising future. You can read much more about that at Forbes.com. Out in Colorado, New Belgium Brewery is now the official craft brewer of Red Rocks Amphitheater. They signed on a a three-year deal with the Denver agency that runs all their other venues as well. New Belgium has uh, agreed to create Stage Rock Colorado Ale. It's a 4.7% Kolsch-style lager that will be sold at Red Rocks and other city of Denver venues. A portion of those proceeds will be donated to preserve Red Rocks, which is how it should be. You can read much more about that at brewbound.com. On the wine side of things, move over Napa Valley, Walla Walla, Washington. Yeah, Walla Walla, Washington. I'm just going to see how many times I can say that. They've been named the best wine town in the Sunset Magazine 2018 Travel Awards. The results were recently posted to the sunset.com website and will appear in the August issue of Sunset Magazine. Walla Walla has been previously uh, named the runner-up in the best food town category of Sunset Travel back in 2015 and 2016, so they're doing some things right. Sunset's editors praised Walla Walla's wineries, wines, restaurants, and amenities, noting they are widely known for its wheat, its sweet onions, but now Walla Walla is gaining recognition for its 120 wineries and tasting rooms, many of which occupy restored early 20th century buildings. You can read much more about that on uh, on their website. Visit wallawalla.com or just go to winebusiness.com too. So get this, drawn to the small batch or handcrafted bourbon at your liquor store? Turns out those phrases might not mean very much. Many recognizable and artisan American whiskey brands source their product from a massive wholesale distillery or take creative liberties in how they market their product. In just the last 10 years, the number of craft distilleries in this country has ballooned from about 100 to 1,400. That growth is a product of, of course, consumer demand. People love their whiskey, but it's also due to the easing of state distillation laws and the availability of sourced whiskey from suppliers like MGP, a wholesale distiller in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Not Kentucky, Indiana. Bullet Frontier Whiskey, Templeton Rye, and even super premium brands like High West and Whistlepig 
have been sourced from MGP at some point in their respective histories, and the list goes on and on. Now, unless you're fluent in industry jargon, it can be very hard to figure out who's actually distilling their own whiskey. It's according to Colin Spolman, who is the co-founder and master distiller of Kings County Distillery, which distills all of its own spirits in Brooklyn, New York. Terms like small batch and craft and handcrafted have no real set meaning legally. They're just marketing terms. Likewise, brands are free to proclaim made by or produced by or bottled by on their label, even if they didn't distill the actual spirits in that bottle. For a more in-depth look at the practice of sourcing whiskey or barrel trading, as it's called, read the full article at NBCNews.com. So let's look at some of the headlines, and there's a few events around our AWD home base here in the Chicagoland area, like up at Revolution Brewing Company holding a double beer release on Wednesday, August 1st. Battle of Wills is an amber red ale that is in its third installment of a beer created for head brew pub brewer Will's daughter. And Ghost Ride is a coast-style beer fermented at ale temperatures. And if that wasn't enough for you, the very next day, Thursday, August 2nd, the tap rooms will host a deep cuts tapping of their Loganberry Reserve. It's an award-winning beer. It's a version of their Loganberry Wheat Ale that is aged for a couple of years in wine barrels with bretabyces and lactobacillus. It's blended with uh, fresh Loganberry to finish off with a, uh, a sweet, balanced character uh, with some funky wild ale complexity from those uh, from those bacterias. And after holding an annual beer circus in its parking lot of its Lawndale Brewery for the past few years, Lagunitas is moving the party to nearby Douglas Park this year, same place that Riot Fest is held. And as usual, the event's going to bring together live music, burlesque, sideshow acts, aerialists, and some limited release beers as well. Admission includes your first pour of beer, and a portion of those proceeds will go to uh, help the local no-kill dog rescue one tail at a time. Very cool. And this year's event takes place Saturday, August 11th. Tickets are 40 bucks. More info and tickets at Loganitas.com. Uh, also Saturday, August 11th at one of my favorite spots, Imperial Oak in Willow Springs. They're hosting their next beer and brunch event from 11 to 4 with uh, Carnivore Oak Park coming in to serve up some food. Come check out their special brunch menu paired with some of their beers, some nitro cold brew coffee, yeah baby, or something from their uh, special $6 brunch cocktail menu of beer or coffee is not your thing. And not only is that one of my favorite spots, but the entire AWD staff can speak from experience. you got to get down to Imperial Oak, and they always bring in some great restaurants for their beers and brunch events. Go check them out at imperialoakbrewing.com. My name's Nick. That's what's hopping. Back to you guys in the studio. Pints up. Cheers. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's amazing. Or pints down. Ugh. This is terrible. Did I do something wrong? Are you mad at me? All right, time for our very first pints up, pints down. Uh, basically, you're either gonna you're gonna love it, you're gonna hate it. Maybe you're somewhere in between, but we need that that pints up. We need that pints down. Are we cheersing it? Or are we gonna Are we gonna go? No, no thanks. That's not for me. And first up, we're gonna taste Lakefront Brewery's Brandy Barrel Aged Cherry Lager using real Wisconsin cherries, guys, if that matters to you. And now uh, I was talking off air that I'm not the best at, you know, like descriptors. When people say, what does it taste like? Like I could give you a few generic words, but this is so poetic. So if you're familiar with the Untapped app, I wanna read the official description of this lager straight from Lakefront Brewery's mouth. It pours deep with a thin lacy head, strong brandy overtones of fresh cut oak, 
tobacco, and red fruit greet the nose, followed by notes of toffee and marzipan, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> the taste echoes the aroma with intense brandy flavors of wood, vanilla, and mild black pepper, with tart cherry and toasty caramel malt in close pursuit. Medium bodied, it finishes with lingering cherry tartness and mild alcohol warmth. You guys feel any of that? That's a lot. You know, I, I think I kind of like blacked out in the middle of that. But, right? Um, I mean, but they get paid for that, right? I mean, like, do you, do you guys, I know Danielle doesn't really watch Seinfeld, but like, Kip, do you, were you a Seinfeld yeah, guy? So. so, you know, like with uh, the, the Peterman catalog, like, don't you feel like this is Elaine trying to write something that just fancies up yeah. a beer? It's like dirty socks meets, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, I do taste some of the things that it that I feel it's like saying vanilla. In there. Yeah, popped. yeah. Like when you said that, I was like, oh, I can I can taste that. Mm -hmm. And then uh, there's like the it's like mild black pepper. Like I think I got a little of that zip in there for sure. But uh, <laughs> but yeah. I like I like just the whole like brandy barrel kind of that's, phenomenon I mean, that's happening. I'm I'm a big fan of it. I also enjoy you know whiskeys. So I think when something comes across yeah, yeah when something comes across a little um i think you gotta swish it a little to get a little bit more flavor is, out is, of it, it, is it like drinking. is it like wine you gotta get that mouth feel yeah is that the the right terminology mouth feel i feel like it hits different parts of my mouth i get different tastes but mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like i so get cherries on the side cherries on the side. Yeah, yeah 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 i got i got some brandy swishing around with some tart cherries have you guys know who gary vaynerchuk is yeah, that guy's awesome. Have you seen the spot when he used because he used to be wine, like kind of, you know, like he, that was his spiel. He had a wine show on YouTube. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He would literally eat dirt or eat like vanilla or eat that stuff and then sip to figure out what things taste like. So this, this, this <laughs> is what reading that reminded me like he's like someone actually tasted tobacco or something to know what it tastes like, you know. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, because I mean, I guess you sort of taste tobacco if you like chew it or you smoke. But <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, it's just like, yeah. So this beer. It tastes like if you had a Budweiser but swished it in your mouth directly after some chew. That's what it, <laughs> which doesn't sound sexy at all, but I, I assure you, um, despite our uh, our lack of poeticness for these beer descriptors, uh, what do we say on this one? Pints up or pints down? I'm, I'm giving it a pints up. I'm a cherry guy. I can see if you're not a if you're not a cherry fan. Yeah, you know what? And and just to give you guys perspective too, like I'm not exactly a cherry person. I think instantly when I read something like "ooh cherry lager," I'm like, I am not down for some cough medicine right now. Mm -hmm. um, but this is legit. I'm gonna go pints up. I think it's something that I probably wouldn't drink, you know, like all day or like you know <laughs> sip on at this, you know, during the summer at a barbecue. But if I'm looking for something, you know, probably a little later in the day, maybe a little dessert, a little nightcap. Um, I'd say pints up for sure. It's not too fake cherry at all for me. So maybe it's that natural Wisconsin but, but cherry. Like, yeah, it, 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 they're not <laughs> one lying. that you threw in there. <laughs> they're not um, lying on the bottle when they say real Wisconsin cherries. Yeah. So I'm a fan. You know, nothing uh, cold medicine about it. No Dimetap here. Kip, how do you how do you like it? I'll go. I'll go um, pints up. But to say that, I, I'm gonna sort of say why I typically like like blind crisp, like real like you know crispy beers. But um, mm -hmm. this isn't too bad. It's not overwhelmingly cherry and yeah. i would think i wouldn't like it if it was that way so it's not not too bad and yeah. i think based on the description i was expecting it to be a lot heavier i guess yeah, That's yeah. What I was it's to. a little yeah i don't know if but crisp is the right word we're supposed to lighter. use but it's lighter than i anticipated which is nice i feel like this one is is maybe being a lager that it's a little bit more like light refreshing summary yes. um mm -hmm. and it's got that tart cherry flavor and right now we're gonna transition over to our dragon's milk cherry chocolate reserve Bourbon Barrel Stout. 
God, it's like a it's like a nursery rhyme, tongue twister type thing. That's all wrapped gonna be up a little heavier, one. right? Yeah. yeah. So this one is more desserty because it's got the chocolate cherry going on. It's uh, it's smoother, less tart. It's a little more heavy. So we'll see what everybody thinks of this. Mm-hmm. But uh, to the bottle opener. Ah oh, yes. All right. Let's crack into this next one. I've got a little saying here too that I want to read off of the uh, the little cardboard sixer here. Or actually, I take that back. It's a four for this special beer. But uh, we're about to get into New Holland Brewing's Dragon's Milk Reserve. They have a whole reserve series with all these these variants, these different flavors. And this one is the Cherry Chocolate Bourbon Barrel Stout. <laughs> and uh, they have this thing on the bottom, which it's not particular to this flavor. It's just like a New Holland Brewing thing. And, and I want to read this because we were talking earlier about Kip's album and uh, yep. the philosophy behind the sweet spot of life. And uh, I really kind of like this philosophy here from New Holland Brewing. So it says, live a stop and taste lifestyle. Our world is speeding up, closing in and stealing time. The to-do list is growing longer, but our lives are growing shorter. Getting off the grid is harder than ever. It's time to step back, to stop being too busy all the time. It's time to break the rhythm of a life that's too fast. Let's take time to talk and taste. Let's decide to linger over flavors and conversations. Let's decide to live deliberately, today. If we forget how to enjoy ourselves, then even if we win, we lose. If we forget how to breathe, we forget how to live. Let's take time to turn down the noise and turn off the screens. Let's eat and drink together, talking and sharing, indulging in the unhurried meal, mindful of what matters. We can eat and drink like no generation before. The world is in our glass and on our plate. Let's not make this harder than it has to be, crowding our taste with judgment or prejudice. Flavor is without limits. So enjoy as you please and for yourself. Slow down. Let your mind wander. Stop and taste. Amen. Right. That, that was a Cheers. sexy one. Cheers to that. Amen. That's a that's deep. Yeah. I, I don't mean, know. Maybe you can like rap that or something and <laughs> throw it out to them. I honestly don't want to say anything. I feel like I have that song on the next project. Yeah. Literally in a bottle already. But um, that just reminds in, me in of a bottle. Like, that... <laughs> 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 got it in a bottle here. I'm we got onto it. it. The... I'm onto it. That's the sweet spot, man. I mean, yeah. I think uh, I think the best times in all of our lives are like those those moments that like the friends that help it slow down, right? Those conversations that help it slow down. And uh, I feel like uh, you know, um, after this, my best friend from high school, I've known you know probably you know 25 years now. I'm gonna go do the same thing. So that's yeah. what it's all about, man. I mean, it, it really is. I just uh, I brought that to read anyway because I just thought it was badass as a standalone. And then earlier you <laughs> talked about like their album and how it's like, yeah, you know, like at the end of the day, like you know, cleaning up dishes in the sink, like had some people over and just like reflect on like how that awesome breath. that is. Like, yes. yeah. But breath between those great moments is, I think, when you realize. No matter where you are at in life, those moments, like, you know, is what we live for, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and in the vein of what this just said, like, I think a lot of people, it's just like, hey, I'm drinking this. I, I want to catch a buzz. I want to get tanked up. Like, it's not any deeper than that. And to me, like, I take a sip of this. I hold it in my mouth and I just kind of like, oh, I'm in front of the fire with my smoking jacket mm-hmm. and my, my smoking pipe. Well, and I think part of it, too, is like the experience that we're going through. Like, never again in my life will I drink this beer and, like, not think of this moment <laughs> with you guys. You know what I mean? Hey, so, like. I'm on the other side of the table. Let me get in on this clinking. 
<laughs> there you go. You know, so I think, you know, living in the moment and, like, enjoying it for what it's worth. Like, I'm not, you know, drinking this to go, you know, get crazy tonight. But I'm drinking it to, like, have this moment with you guys. And I was already a New Holland fan before you read that. But I think, you know, they just moved up in the rankings, you know, a couple, I couple mean, spots. Kip, so. Kip deals with marketing, uh, you know. And I, I don't whoever did that one, I think they did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> but I like don't know thesis. on the bottom how many people are reading that. So that'd be, you know. That's true. That's it's like, true. It's like the fun secret that you're like, holy shit, didn't know it was there. Oh, <laughs> only only these unlight, uh, enlightened folk over here, us, <laughs> us uh, educated yeah. beer tasters. But um, I will do a, uh, I'll do a quick read on this. So this description on the Untapped app is, is much, much shorter. Oh, the, what, right. I, what I just read was longer. Uh, this is pretty to the point. It's Dragon's Milk Reserve Cherry Chocolate brings two classic flavors together. Chocolate notes paired perfectly with the tartness of cherry will delight your senses. I have to agree with that. So I was a little bit worried on like if my untapped review on this beer would hold up because two months ago I had it for the first time. Uh, I've had standard Dragon's Milk. I've had other variants, but I, I, I didn't have this uh, this chocolate cherry stout variant. So I had it at the, it the Blue Chip Casino in Indiana at a brew fest. And, you know, you're trying all kinds of beer, backwashing your cup, mixing it together. Yeah. You, you try to, you know, cleanse the palate with some water. But, you know, overall, you, it might not be the best first taste ever of certain things. And then also, the deeper you get into the event, you know, you're probably a little tipsy. Your, your senses are probably not the best judge of what's going on. I love that beer. Yeah, so at that point, <laughs> I probably loved every beer. I'm, like, I'm going back through my app, like, did I give everything fives at that point? So I saw this I saw this at the store, and, uh, you know, I just figured, hey, you know what? These are, these are variants that are seasonal. It's cherry season. They're not going to be out all year. Like, let's do for the first episode a couple cherry beers since they're all over the shelves right now. And so I, I picked this up because I was like, hey, I had that two months ago. I want to see if it holds. Opportunity to revisit it. Right, and see if, like, the grade holds up. Uh, just the same as with anything. Like, we were just talking earlier about Kip's songs that are going to hold up and be timeless because of their subject matter. Uh, it's kind of the same thing with this. I'm like, did I really mean that five out of five? And I can tell you that I must have not been too drunk because I love this beer and I still give it a perfect five out of five. Ooh. I, uh, I feel like it's, it's very smooth. It's rich. Uh, it's not as tart as Lakefront Brewery's, uh, you know, lager. That one I felt had more of the cherry tartness. This is more of like a smooth chocolatey cherry. And I feel like I could have this as like a dessert beer to wind down at the end of the night. Uh, you know, it's 11%, so it's probably going to get me a little sleepy. I'm ready for bed after this one. It, I don't know. I, I'm definitely giving it a, a pint very high up. Pints up on this one for me. All right. How about you, Kev? Um, I'm going to give it so a pint up and a pint down. Only because I feel like... Um, I really, I really like what it is, but I probably only ever drink one of these and not drink two, and that's probably because I don't drink a lot of like Guinness-ish, like the stout type um, beer. But official uh, beer terminology there. Imp- for the yeah, uh, imperial stout. <laughs> there you go. Um, and, and if I do, I could drink a lot. You know, several Guinnesses, but I think I only have one of these. But it's it's definitely tasty. But not my speed, particularly, if you know what I mean. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's that's totally like a thing. Like you, yeah. you, you say it, like like kind of goofing around, making a joke. But it, it is totally a thing. Like when you see people speak to like beer and its drinkability, mm-hmm. there's like that thing where like, hey man, I'm I'm out in the back playing bags, uh, you know, with with my guys or or cornhole, depending <laughs> from you know what part of the the country you're from. Bags. It's totally bags. bags. I mean, cornhole, cornhole sounds like something I don't want to be a part of, you know. <laughs> but I'm just saying, uh, this this is like one of those things where 
the drinkability as far as like I'm gonna keep going back to it. It's my go-to for the day for this party. Yeah. No, you're you're right because one, it's 11. percent You'll get messed up quick, like yeah. by the second one probably. And and two, like at this time of year, it's summer. I'm in somebody's backyard. We're having a party. I want something a little bit more light, refreshing, yeah. and I can go to the well three, four, five times. This, but for what it is, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like standalone. I'm drinking one. I'm sipping on this at the end of the night. It's perfect. But yeah, I, I agree with you. As much as I'm giving this a perfect score, like it's not something where I would have pounded the whole four pack at a party. Like no way, <laughs> oh, one and done. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit conflicted. I think I'll have to think about what my pints up, pints down entails, kind of moving forward. But I think. I agree. I think for the time of the season, for where I'm at right now, I think this is a little much for me. Um, but I was letting the guys know, too, if this is something, hey, in the fall around a bonfire and I'm looking for something, I could probably have a nightcap one or two of these. Um, it's not something that's uh, going to be my go-to. Um, it's probably a pints down for me overall. Oh, snap. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Damn, I'm over here with yeah. the perfect score. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> that's, um, a, that's a good thing about beer, right? Because everyone has their sort of yeah. place yeah. they like to be. If you look at the, the untapped app, like, it's crazy how some people are, like, up here and other people are down there. And we all have different taste yeah. palettes. So, yes. I mean, like, New Holland... I'm sure she still loves you. Don't take offense to that. No. It's just, I started with saying I was already a fan. So. If you like this type of beer. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I would be curious, too. I mean, like, maybe we can uh, elevate our tastings moving forward. So, like, recommended pairings for the squad listening are listed on the bottle. So, it says almonds, chocolate, and brie cheese. So, I mean. Honestly, with brie cheese, know, this would be fantastic. Legit, yeah. right? <laughs> so, like, I'm already thinking, hey, like, on its own, like, maybe not my go-to. But, like, I mean, just like people do. Do, you know, like wine pairings with different courses. Like, how awesome would this be? Like, paired with your all right, guys, almonds well, and chocolate. It's strong. And Both these are strong because I'm already like, oh, like, okay. All right. Yeah. So up. for reference, yeah. What, what is this one at? Um, this is eleven percent, and the other one yeah. was like seven or seven and a half. So that's probably why it comes in a four pack, just oh, precautionary yeah. measure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely like for you. So for you, it's a time of year thing, and there's a lot of people that'll buy certain beers, and and most beers you can like let a for a few years before you're going to have to worry about it being skunky and stuff. Um, we've got some beers that I, I picked up that I am letting sit there. They already are aged from 2016, 2017, and they're, they're good five years, so like 2022, mm-hmm. 2023. I love these beers, so I probably won't make it that long, but you can do that with this. <laughs> so, like, for you, you're saying you may you may like it on a nice, chilly night. Like, you may enjoy this more Maybe in the fall. Maybe one of them. Oh, in the fall, this feels yeah. like the flavor goes up. and like, Oh, yeah. yeah. This, this feels like This home beer in raises fall. the level in the yeah. fall, for yeah. sure. So, I think, uh, I think that what you're saying is, is something where, you know, I don't, I don't know if New Holland Brewery is going to listen to this and be like, that Danielle's right. We're changing the schedule. This is coming out in the fall. But that's and probably the why. Now. I mean, like, you go to the store, they, they don't really have very many, like, bathing suits and stuff, like, out anymore, right? They're already getting ready for the next season. <laughs> Not unless that target's in Florida. Like, the, <laughs> so, I don't know. I think probably timing-wise, they want to get people interested, and then they'll have it ready for the season. Well, but So, I, I like this a lot. Like, let's bookmark this episode one, and I will say that I will, for research purposes, I will go buy another four-pack of this this week before they're... <laughs> gone before the season's over and I'll hold on to it till like November and we'll revisit this in front we'll, of somebody's we'll, do you have a fireplace at your house kid? I do I do okay. we'll, we'll, I'm gonna bring the smoking jackets and the pipes and we're gonna try this again at the fireplace five stars. we'll pair it with some almonds and some brie we'll get on that if I'm sure. already at a five I'll be at like a ten be like, this, this beer is an eleven out of ten He's cuddling with the wine next to the fire. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or the beer. Yeah, I uh, I apologize. You know, I brought a cooler with with our drinks for today. Next time I will bring the recommended pairings of almonds and brie. I honestly <laughs> didn't notice that. I didn't notice that. That's, and that's smart, though. I think that's actually um, 
It's very really smart. Subtle but smart. Yeah, like restaurants sometimes uh, they take the liberty of, of putting food pairings. Hey, or, order this off of our menu. Um, but they're doing it for you right here on the bottle, which is nice. Yeah. And it already has chocolate, you know, tones that I think you could taste. But if you want to pair it with more chocolate, by all means, I think <laughs> yeah. this would wash down some dark chocolate very well. Yeah. Also, props to um, Lakefront and New Holland, both of them having their like bottled by or like bottled dates on both of them. I mean, they've been like in the last you know whatever 30 60 90 days knowing that you get something so fresh and it's like predominantly labeled with a lot of like the huge like macro breweries mass producing like you get some stuff that's old and you're a little like "Mm, i don't know i might put this back on the shelf so a really quality yes a a really quick it's not even a story more just like a statement to to speak to what you just said right there i went on the budweiser tour in st louis and they have something called the day fresh tour and at the end of it you're watching buds get bottled filled capped going down the line and it rolls right up to you and that's yours it's in your little gift bag at the end of the tour and i swear to god i went home and not that same day so i kind of didn't do the literal meaning of day fresh but the very next afternoon uh, after i got back home to chicago i pulled that out of my fridge and i drank it Holy crap. It's a different beer. A fresh Budweiser. Like it's still yeah. Budweiser, but a fresh Budweiser yeah. compared to like buying it at, at your grocer. Dude, like it elevated at least a point on the on the scale. Like uh. it was awesome. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. So it does make a difference. So when you see this is bottled in the last 30, 60, 90 days, it wasn't sitting on the shelf long. And that's going to be even more the case on something that's seasonal like this. Like that's pretty badass. Yeah, with the cherry in it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh, I, I will cap this pints up pints down with a a short movie review this is not something that we will do all the time uh it's mostly centered around uh, you know alcoholic beverages but i I will for the pop culture people out there Uh, i went and saw ant-man and the wasp this opening weekend uh just like the first ant-man movie very very fun uh paul rudd i love his comedic delivery yeah he man crush you know what's funny so i i this may speak to me being a Leo and like liking myself, which is good to like yourself. You have to love yourself before you can love someone else, right? Yeah. So I never thought of this, but I actually had a former coworker be like, you're funny, Chris. You remind me of Paul Rudd. And I was like, I have a man crush on him. This is the greatest compliment you could ever give me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he is great in the movie. Uh, you also have Michael Pena, who is freaking phenomenal. The character he plays is so, so funny. He just like rambles he's and great. tells stories. Uh, and like as he's recounting them and clearly like subbing in dialogue, that's how he remembers it and not how it actually happened. Like mm-hmm. his character is just like, one of the best things I've ever seen in like the whole Marvel universe. And it's just a minor awesome. character, but so funny. And I, I feel like anyone that knows me knows that I, I'm nothing if not long-winded at times. I get excited about certain topics and I just go. And that's like Michael Pena's character. So a uh, very lighthearted fare coming off of uh, first Marvel movie coming off of Infinity War part one. But um, it all ties back in together at the end in the end credits scene, nice. as you would imagine. And uh, lighthearted until you get to the credits and, and the credits will have you be like, oh, shit okay so that's where we're captain at here marvel next. so yeah so you got you got captain marvel next and then and then you're gonna have that sequel next year in 2019 for it's gonna be awesome. second infinity war whatever the official title ends up being and uh so i just gotta say i'm gonna give that a, a, a pints up as well cheers to paul rudd cheers. and uh quick survey too has anybody seen his movie wanderlust i'm not so I've never seen the actual movie, but someone Facebook linked the only scene. You don't need the whole movie. You just need the scene where he's about to have sex with this girl and he goes in the mirror and he hypes himself up. <laughs> and it is the funniest thing. Like I've seen it 35 times. And it's every funny time, because we all know it's true. Yeah, like yeah. everyone does that stuff. You like my erection selection? 
Get it up in your vage with my dick. With my dick. I gonna put my dick in. Every time I watch it, I literally like cry tears of joy. I could be in the shittiest mood and it just like makes me break. I laugh. I instantly am so happy and warm and fuzzy. And I just think to myself like, I don't go in front of a mirror, but I feel like there's times where I was like, oh shit, this is about to happen. Like, and I do that like hype myself up thing. Nice. And this is funny if you remember this. I remember I think like one of the very first times I interviewed you would future or past projects I should say yeah. uh, back in the day I remember you talking about like early on I don't know if it was like one of your first shows or something but I remember you said you were like in front of a mirror or something you're hyping yourself up and you're like Tupac <laughs> and I just feel like Paul Rudd in that movie is like Tupac in the mirror like I'm gonna go have sex with this hot girl yeah. and it's just the funniest thing in the world so big thumbs up gonna give the pints up to nice. both Ant-Man and the Wasp and Paul Rudd and his beautiful scene <laughs> in Wanderlust. We're gonna take a quick break and we'll be back with 99 Bottles where we talk about amazing things. Amazing. In the bathroom. In the bathroom. Public bathroom behavior coming up next. Poop particles and so much more. Stay tuned. For all of our latest show info like upcoming interviews and guests visit facebook.com slash awdpodcast and like us today. I hope we can be friends. We're friends to the end, remember? It's time for some discussion, so take one down and pass it around. This is 99 Bottles. But a Pilsner ain't one. Hit me! All right, our very first 99 Bottles. Uh, We don't have 99 bottles in here, but we've had a handful. We've tried a couple of things. And uh, our, our very first topic for 99 Bottles is public bathroom behavior. Ew. I think we all probably have some fun stories. So first I want to kind of just do like a little roll call, just a you know a little, uh, little entry-level icebreaker, just see where we're all at on certain like bathroom issues. <laughs> so, so where are we at with the, the toilet paper roll over or under? Is it hanging in front of the roll or is it hanging behind the roll for you? In front. In front, for sure. In front. Over the top. Because, yeah, you want to you wanna paw at that shit and just watch it spiral down. It's, it's so much easier. I don't want to pull it. I want to paw it. I agree. <laughs> okay, we're all on the same page. Three for three. Do you or would you brush your teeth at work slash in a public bathroom? Because I have a lot of this going on at my office. Ooh. And I'm cool with waking up and brushing and brushing before bed. I do a thorough job. If there's ever, like, some spinach way up in there, maybe I'll bust out some floss. But I... Have no interest in brushing my teeth midday at the office in front of my coworkers that walk in. In emergencies only. Yeah. That's my policy. There would have to be like never. something crazy in your teeth, like crazy. Yeah. And even then, I'd go toothpick or floss. I would not brush. I'm going to say never. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so in their preview show, we, we referenced that this was going to be the discussion topic uh, for episode one. And the very popular phrase, like it, hashtag... Like probably our most popular thing that came out came out of that preview show was uh, was Danielle talking about poop particles because they're just floating around and it's not your private bathroom they're not your poop particles it's like your coworker and stranger and poop you brush particles your teeth like uh, uh, I don't know yeah. like your teeth wipe yourself on so hey funny you said that because a uh, little little check in right here on topic number three is where do you stand on bringing your smartphone or tablet into the bathroom while you're doing your business. I mean, specifically, like, I think, like, number two could be, like, a little squirrely. Where, where do we stand on so, that? So, number two, everyone used to read the newspaper magazine back in the day. So, I feel like it's appropriate if you're spending some time. Mm-hmm. But I think it's kind of, even me, and I'm like, 
a social media legend, right? Like uh, <laughs> to do it while you're like taking, you know, going taking a piss is a little out of control. Yeah, for guys, girls maybe not. I was the like, same. Oh, oh, okay, got it. <laughs> like people like this, like holding your hand, like and holding your other hand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I like, I walk. I feel like I, I walk into you know like a bar, a restaurant, bathroom, and like maybe well, I'm like like you said, like one hand I'm peeing, the other hand, and, eh, let me see if, what this <laughs> Facebook post is all about. Yeah, right? no, score the why, game. That's why guys have pee on the walls and on the floor. You guys are trying to multitask in there. <laughs> so, so you're anti the phone and the uh, and the tablet I mean, coming into the bathroom for a male for. sure. Sure. Okay. Okay. But for a female, no. I mean, there's no poop particles getting on your phone. Yeah, but I feel like that's yeah. To Kip's point, with like the magazines or newspapers, like that's kind of the same deal. Okay. I'm not. I'm not like an avid multitasker in the bathroom. I guess, but the, it happens. I mean, it's gonna take a few minutes if you're gonna, you know, like enjoy it, and not rush it. I feel like it's, it's <laughs> sometimes life is so. I don't think so... I go in there for the enjoyment, but well, I feel like a lot of people used to like read books, read magazines, yeah, and, and now it's just a cell phone. And so yeah. this is the funny thing because I, I read an article I don't know how many months back that said like as far as like people that like put toilet paper down on like the seat in a public washroom or have like the the sheet mm-hmm. like the toilet paper like covers that you pull out of the dispenser, that mm-hmm. is actually supposedly more contaminated because if there is any like germs and things on the seat it soaks into the paper so I'm feeling like your old school newspaper readers had more germs going on than your phone screen because it attracts and they throw the paper on the ground or the back of the toilet mm-hmm. well, here, I mean? here's another thing like I, I've heard a couple radio personalities talk about this that their family wife and kids and everything they have like a little magazine holster outside of the bathroom or and, in the bathroom I've seen them in bathrooms too well so they have a holster and instead of having magazines in it they have an iPad, and it's nobody, it's not the father, it's not the mother, it's not the children's iPad, it is the bathroom iPad. So they don't want to get their personal iPad or iPhone poop particled up, but they have this one that's community use to get germed up. Does that make it any better? I feel like that's like, I wouldn't touch that iPad with like your hand. <laughs> I don't know what mom and dad did last night, but now I'm touching this thing that's got my sister's know. poop on it. I don't know. All right, so we're we're unsure on that one, but we're leaning towards it. It may be gross. I do it anyway, even though I feel like yeah, there's weird there's weird shit literally on my my phone. I do it anyway, but I do clean my phone Not screen off. If you often. hold the phone to the left and you wipe it the right, I think you're golden. Right? I, I always <laughs> thought so. I do this funny thing. This is this is hilarious. So I take. I hope, every, I hope everyone's getting these visuals out <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, get this visual. Them. Get this visual. Check our social media. See what we look like. Picture us with the, our poop <laughs> particles. I do this thing where like I will take like the hand towel. I will be like reading news or whatever on my phone. And then when it's like time to flush, I take the hand towel, I wrap my phone in it so the poop particles can't get it. And oh then I flush gosh. so that it doesn't touch my phone screen. It's genius, <laughs> right? No? I, I think that shit's already in the air. Okay. It doesn't need just the flush. But you know, whatever makes you feel good, I guess. I mean, that makes me feel pretty good. <laughs> I feel safe. Uh, how do we feel about pooping at work? There's some people that avoid it at all costs, like hold it constipated for like an eight hour day. Or are you guys like, when you got to go, you got to go. doesn't matter where you're at. No, I, I can't. I have a hard time. It's like for emergency purposes only, again. You're like Stifler. So I you just... like the comfort of home. Like you're you're going 80 on the freeway trying to get home to have the comfort of home bathroom? Uh, I don't know. I try to make sure that's taken care of like before it gets to that point. Uh, it's not always up to you. <laughs> I'm old school. I don't care. I go wherever. There you go. I, I, agree. I might have to stand if it's really nasty. Oh. But... <laughs> I, I've I've been on like road trips where I pull over and the gas station bathroom looks like the bathroom from Saw. But yeah. you know, just go like a woman. You know, they they don't like to tinkle. They they hover. I've I've hovered a poop before and a, just a horrendous, a horrendous, a horrendous 
Gas, <laughs> gas station bathroom. Awful. Uh, how about, we talked about this on the previous show briefly, uh, people who don't wash their hands afterward, Ugh, and cringing. then they go out. I'm cringing just thinking about it. They go out into the office, and they start touching everything and everyone. Like, hey, Bob, yeah, let's just go right yeah. into my office here. Nice to, nice to see you. Like, Bob you now has hands. shit on his hand, unbeknownst to him, because Steve didn't freaking wash his hands. Yeah. yeah, I was recently at a um, networking event. And there's some like pretty powerful people in the room, and so you go in, and you know, a lot of times like those like walks, you know, or chats between like breakouts or whatever, we're like walking by, and so I'm like making small talk. I'm you know up to this point very impressed with this woman, you know, following her stuff, you know, like great you know track record as far as her success. And we go into the restroom, and you know, so we do the polite like stop talking because there's others in the stalls. And so she finishes, like, right before me and, like, is walking up to the sinks. And I'm like, okay. And I'll, like, walk up and I start washing my hands. Well, she wasn't up there, like, minutes before I was. Like, we, we started washing our hands at the same time. No soap and barely a rinse. And then towels dry, towel dries her hands. And I'm just like, Gah. I've seen that before. <laughs> uh, I'm like, I just, I don't, I don't love it anymore. I don't want to touch your hand. I don't even want to, like. And I'm just yeah. gonna keep it, my hands on my like papers and pens. It's and like doing the minimal just so you get credit for like I washed my hands, which you really oh, didn't. God. I yeah. was so grossed out because then I watched her, you know, shake a bunch of hands afterwards uh, and spend time with people and touch work surfaces. All you I'm did, like, all you did, is get the germs wet. You oh didn't use God. any kind of soap or no, antibacterial. So now they're like, I can be start, I, I don't go out on St. Patty's Day anymore. And <laughs> to be honest, and I think if you go to if you're in college or you're out drinking at parties, because um, I was just telling the story to my buddy because. We were all drinking, hanging out. I was I was sitting at the table watching my buddy order drinks, and while he's ordering drinks, and the bartenders turn around, he's taking he's peeing on the bar. So what Whoa. I want to say is, no matter how you feel about all this stuff, at the end of the day, there's it some asshole peeing everywhere. on the bar. <laughs> wow. Shaking hands with that person. <laughs> uh, how do we feel about like business calls in the bathroom? I have heard a very high up person in my company answer a phone call in the stall next to me. And tell a guy like, oh hey yeah, sorry uh, sorry I missed your call. I was in a in a meeting. I'm I'm walking in a, I'm walking in a, the conference room right now. I'm like oh the conference room. So me and my coworkers we have this like ongoing joke like when one of us gets up we leave our our, our desk. Room. Yeah we like we leave our desk. We don't come back for five or ten minutes and it's like oh you have an important meeting because like in the literally conference room. yeah like literally like the highest of highs in, in our company like do that they answer and i feel like when someone's talking to you from the bathroom there's that bathroom echo you know immediately why would you lie to someone and be like yes uh i'm walking into the conference room right now let me as soon as this meeting's yeah like if i flush like he's trying to play it off if i flush he's screwed he's sol like the dude knows you're not in the conference room quote unquote like i don't See, i don't understand the benefit of that like just no. don't answer maybe call him back maybe when you, pick, when you get out <laughs> Maybe he mutes it and he's golden, right? I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't know, but it's just... It, but then what hand is he using if he's holding and muting and bathroom? Oh. Yeah, it's it's a complicated mess, but I, I just feel like miss the call. Call him back when you when you yeah. step out. It's weird. I Anytime a friend's ever talked to me like in their bathroom, public bathroom, I hear the echo. I know immediately, like, bro, are you taking a shit? <laughs> don't talk to me. Um, but yeah, that's another weird one. And then how about this? This is something where I feel like this is like psychological warfare, and I feel like it's something we would never talk about. Like, we don't go out to lunch and say, like, hey, Kip, did you ever do this? But I feel like we've all done it, is playing a game of chicken and wanting the other guy to poop and leave first. As if there's, like, 
shame in like looking your coworker or some other guy in the eye and like knowing like, yeah, those sounds you just heard, that stank, I did that. So I've been in the bathroom at work where it's like clearly like nobody poops for this long. So you're like checking their feet. They're checking your feet. Nobody's, <laughs> nobody, you don't hear the toilet paper roll moving. You don't hear feet shuffling. You don't hear the belt buckle. You hear nothing coming up. We're clearly waiting each other out. And it's just like, no, you leave. No, I, if I leave and I'm washing my hands and then you come out on me and you see me, then you know that was my whole rancid mess. And we just sit there and it's like a, literally a game of chicken. <laughs> and I'm guilty of it. I've played it before. I'm not going to lie. Like, has anybody ever done that? Sure. I'm the non-pooper at work, so I, I don't I don't engage in such uh, games of chicken. So, so unless you're at like a family party, in or, which case nobody would be in there with you, I hope. But it's maybe not the same type of game of chicken, but maybe the same like look when you see someone come from like the stairwell that's like in your office and you know they just went to another floor to go do their duty. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, hey, how was the third floor? <laughs> I, that's funny. I've heard people burst in and then I get like a maniacal like laughter inside my like, like my inner voice in my head because they busted in like you knew they had to go <laughs> and then they see that both of the stalls are occupied like Gah! and you hear the door outside like swing open and they run up the stairwell to floor four. Oh, it's a priceless feeling unless it's happening to you. That is, mm-hmm. that it's kind of scary. And then lastly, I want to touch on some some public bathroom stories. I feel like we all may have some funny stories. So if you guys have some, think of them now. I'm going to, I'm going to tell a couple of mine. Uh, first, since Nick can't be here in person today, I want to tell one of his stories that happened uh, back in college. We all did college radio together at uh, WXAV, St. Xavier University's radio station, south side of Chicago. And we all had like management positions. I was the music director. He was the sports director. And we're all sitting there one day in our office just BSing. And there's this smoking hot blonde that's worked here for like a few months. And we're all like super into her. Like, oh, man, so-and-so. I don't remember her name. You know, mm-hmm. she's, she's so hot. So the women's bathroom is directly across the hall from our management office. And this girl goes in there. And, like, they had a fan. So, you know, you flip the fan. It masks some of the noise and whatnot. But when she flushed, washed her hands and came out, this just, like, heat wave just blasted us all in the face. And Nick, not caring that we all thought this girl was, like, beautiful, like, and this would clearly ruin any chances we had to ever, like, talk to her. Girls don't poop. Right, right. Like, we don't want to believe that this beautiful girl pooped, but she did it, and it was rancid. She dropped a bomb, and as she's going back down the hall to her, as she goes back down the hall to her office, Nick claps after her and goes, Atta girl! Yeah! <laughs> and at that point, we never talked to her again. So thank you, Nick, for that one. So that's more his story, even though I was there. I was present for it. Um, some other fun stuff uh, at my, my current job. Uh, we like to play pranks on each other. Like, as I just mentioned, we know, like, hey, uh, important meeting. Like, you know, you stepped away. We know what you're doing. And we know, like, each other's shoes. Like, we'll go we'll go in the bathroom. We'll, like, peek under the stall and make sure, like, oh, okay, yeah, that's Sammy's shoes. You okay. guys are so engaged in these, like, bathroom dramatics. A- anything we could do to not actually work, you know? Like, you got to get through the day. So so we see, like, you know, oh, yeah, okay, that's that's Sammy's shoes. And, like, I'm going to paper airplane him over the top of the, the stall. I try to pop him in the head. Or uh, we've slid, like, smiley face notes under the door before like laugh like yeah get the, fuck, get the fuck out of here you know like all that stupid shit so one day we're supposed to go to lunch and he's like i'm gonna go to the bathroom he's like meet me over there we'll leave in like five minutes so i'm like where the hell is this guy he's not at his desk he's not at the bathroom like where am i missing what am i missing did he go outside so i go in the bathroom and the way our, our bathroom is laid out is like you walk in double sink to the right then there's a wall there's a urinal on the other side of the wall and then your regular stall and your handicap stall so i get in i squat down 
I see my dude's shoes and I'm ready to like do something stupid. And right as I'm squatted down, kind of like in that like, hey, yo, rap, like album cover, like pose, mm. the toilet flushes and this like super duper like top young guy like my age, but like top, top dude in our company flushes the toilet. And I immediately like shoot up at attention like, hey, what's going on? So and so. And like, I think I got up like just in time for him to not know that I was being weird. I'm like squatting down there, checking out feet. <laughs> it, it could have been disastrous. It was so, so, so bad. Yes. But it was it was funny as hell. Uh, and then there was like another time I uh, I've had many radio ventures. Mm-hmm. And uh, back in the day, I did like poochescorner.com and I had like where I was playing like indie music and stuff, like all unsigned bands. And uh, I piggybacked onto my friend's concert, a lot of local bands having a show at the Beat Kitchen. And I was like basically emceeing it, plugging my website, plugging the show, passing out free shit, and introing all the bands. Well, the headliner, uh, my good friends in this band, State and Madison, they had something where they were trying to tweak with their sound check or whatever. And like, I was like, you guys ready? And I was just like, no, no, we got to fix this, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, you guys ready? And I'm sitting there like sweating it because I feel I feel a number two coming on. <laughs> and so eventually I just give up on it. I'm like, man, I introed every band, but I'm not gonna be able to intro my my friends, the headliners, because something's wrong with their sound. They're trying to do sound check. I gotta go. So I go downstairs, and if you've ever been to the beat kitchen, probably to this day in 2018, they haven't fixed the men's room door. <laughs> yeah, it's never. wide open. So you know you're taking a poop. If some if someone doesn't look at your feet, they're just gonna turn the corner and be like, hey. We're looking eye to eye while I'm taking a grumper. It's not It's not <laughs> cool. So I went down there, and uh, there was somebody in there, and I was like, oh, my God, like, I'm sweating. So I look in the ladies' room, and nobody's in there, and I'm just like, I have to. Like, I, I've got 30 seconds till death. <laughs> so I run in the ladies' room. I go in the bathroom and then, like, just die inside because it was a night of beers and, and you <laughs> know, inside. bad food. So <laughs> these three girls come in, and they're doing the whole, oh, my God. It's okay. Doing our makeup in the mirror, and I'm just sitting there like, man, I totally got like man gym shoes on and like man pants. You're like ship breaking the high school uh, in American Pie. <laughs> yeah, pretty, exactly. It's exactly what it was. So luckily, they leave, and I just time it where I like James Bond stealth, like sneak out of that shit, pop into the corridor, up the stairs. No one ever knew I did it. It was it was miraculous. But that was like probably the most I like literally and figuratively I was like sweating it. Like oh my god, like I cannot get caught in the ladies' room. <laughs> And, and final, final, final thing uh, that I think was a fun story was I was working overnights once in retail. We were going to stores and like helping with remodels. And they let us out one morning a couple hours early. So it's like the crack of dawn. Like, what can I do before I go home? It's like, I can go to McDonald's and get some breakfast because it's like 6, 6.30 a.m. or whatever in the summer. And so the line's really long. I'm like, I got to go to the bathroom. So I'll order when I get out. I walk in there. And no sooner I shut the door and sit down, somebody comes bursting in and they try the door. <laughs> and I just hear like, oh, come on, man. And I was like, oh, dude, I like, I just sat down, brother. Like, <laughs> it's going to be a minute. And so I hear like some shuffling and then it goes silent. So I think, dude, like open the door and left and he's going to go to the, you know, whatever, next door or someplace and find a bathroom that's open. So I do my thing thinking he's gone. Complete silence. I open the door, and this guy is braced in the corner between the sink and the wall with the door on it, hovering over the trash can. And it's this homeless guy. There's like the right around the corner from McDonald's was like, a, like kind of like a homeless hangout. Like there's like a posse of these dudes with their belongings and stuff. And so he's just squatted, braced in the corner of the room, shivering, and like the poop is just falling into the trash can. <laughs> and like the sink is right there. So I'm just like, you know what is 
gross as it is to not wash my hands and, and Danielle would be very displeased with me in that situation. It's just like, I'm just going to drive home and I'll wash my hands when I get <laughs> when I get there. And this dude just looked me, I'll never forget, it looked me square in the eye shivering and he just like felt shame and he looked at me. Like, you know, sometimes homeless guys are just like, F it, you know, like I got, I got nothing, you know, to be ashamed of. Like I'm out here just roughing it on the streets. But this guy looked me in the eyes. He looked like he felt so embarrassed and he was just like, I had to go. And I was just like, brother, if it was me, I might have done the same thing. I feel so bad. But I'm just gonna tiptoe out the door right now, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna wash my hands till I get home. Because if you're defecating next to where I need to use the sink, so those think, are some of I my. I think fun you stories. forgot to wash your hands. <laughs> I think you forgot to wash your hands <laughs> when I got when I got home. Well, I had a I had a, a biscuit. I had a a bacon egg and cheese biscuit. Ew, and you so, touched your food bag on top of it. No, I took it home. Well, yeah, I touched the bag. I had to. I had to take it home. But like. I, I ordered I'm grossed I got, out. Did you get your food before or after you took a dump? After. There's no good answer. After, but I I washed my hands before I like took the sandwich and the wrapping <laughs> of the sandwich out of the bag at home. Like oh. I, I feel like that's okay. I'm so gross. So <laughs> I don't know. So do, do you guys do you guys have any any crazy stories like that? Or am I the only one that gets into these like bathroom misadventures? Um, I think I have a million of those. But uh, give I'll, me the highlights. I'll just, I'll just give you the the, the St. Patty's one that I just gave you. I think that that changed my my game. Because I was like, I'm out having the best time ever at St. Patty's Day. And my buddy's over there just literally peeing on the bar. And I'm like, I'm never going out on St. Patty's Day ever again. Oh, man. <laughs> I've been trying to think about this. I don't I don't really know if I have anything that necessarily stands out. I think some of the most um, interesting adventures would be, like, tailgating and camping and, like, festivals. Like, I am not a porta potty fan at all. Um but some of those, it's like you just you just gotta try to do what you gotta do to survive. You know? <laughs> like, I mean, sometimes even like when it's camping and it's like that late and you're not gonna go to like you know whatever like the designated bathhouse or something like that, and you're trying to like leverage yourself like in the woods and like not freak out when you see a raccoon or like not trip over something and like fall. Um, so those are always entertaining. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know about. I think we've all we've all traumatic. been there. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't hold it. Yeah. Um, We're gonna let female. your stories lead this. Yeah, because I I have no shame. I was willing to just put it out there. Thank you guys for throwing me under the bus and not having anything equaling mine. But um, yeah, I, I do feel like the I hear from the female perspective a lot that like all the gross stories that we have in like men's rooms. I, I once at, at an old job walked into a urinal that just had like a Mister Hanky just sitting there like smooth like the, oh. it, it looked like, like a doll like no like uh, the real thing but oh, i'm just calling yeah, it yeah, Mr. Yeah. Oh. the christmas poo um and then it was weird because i've never seen one so smooth like ever so i feel like the dude handcrafted it with his hands and i was so oh, disgusted. i can tell you I, I guess i got one story that's palatable <laughs> enough not to embarrass myself too i'm bad, sitting but... here drinking my beer this isn't bothering me at all i am enjoying my dragon's I milk i don't know if i'll go down that road but uh i do know i was on a kayak trip with my brother and my dad in the keys and if you've ever been in a kayak that's got a little bit of water in it, it's like each one's a suction cup. Like, and yeah. I remember being like, I'm not gonna make it. But at the end of the day, if I jumped in, the water was crystal clear. Oh my god! So I'd be like, you tried the, to let one loose? No, 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 I didn't. Because I was like, if I jump out now. And we're in the middle of this beautiful tour, and I go out and I launch a log. I'm gonna be the dude from Caddyshack, you know what I mean? Oh so, my god! I love hey, at it. least that was a candy bar. It, we get out of this beautiful like river area, and we all paddle to the shore where there's lunch, and like you get lunch, they make you like breakfast bars or whatever. And I just kept paddling way away from everybody, <laughs> like way away, and you know I was far enough away that there were, my brother and my dad are like staring at me. 
and, and jump you're out like, my Don't kayak. bring any attention to me. Yeah, it would just, well, my brother's just, he goes, oh, God. He, you know, my brother knew right away. He, he'll tell the story better than even me. And I literally jumped <laughs> out the kayak in about a foot and a half of water, <laughs> took a deuce, wiped it, and jumped back in my kayak. My brother will tell it so oh much funny, he'd be in tears. And then, like, Rode like rode rode over Row. and uh, met the team, but my brother was like, "You just took a shit," but like you know, it was, <laughs> it was beautifully relieving. That's all I was saying. Wait, so did you get out of the water, or you did it in that like foot? So deep I, water? I brought the kayak over like you know, 50, 100 yards away, to, like, and everyone's like, "What is this you. asshole doing?" And jumped behind my kayak to block me from the rest of the crew. <laughs> they knew and let it go. Yeah, yeah. they totally knew. Yeah. Just let it float downstream. Yeah. Well, since my we're is a be- better though, because every time he tells it, I go in tears like when I'm just laughing. <laughs> so since we're since we're venturing out of the the public bathroom arena and going into like the general public outdoors, uh, I, I will try to leave us on one other thing that can provide laughs, even though it's not in a public bathroom. Is is first date farts? Is is that a thing? Has anybody had a, a thing with that? Uh, Danielle probably doesn't want to answer that, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know if Kip has something like that. I I know someone who has a story like that. No, not in the first date. There's definitely something humbling about that. I think if you can, uh, if you can just be like, "Hey, everybody poots," and you can get past that, you can get through anything. I, I think. I will say, my wife now, Ty, called farts poots, and it's so much better than a fart saying fart. <laughs> And it's actually cute to me. So right. I'd be like, yeah. oh, you pooted? I pooted. It took a lot of stank off it. You know well, so I mean? we, when we were younger, we weren't allowed to say fart. I, and so, I got detention in grade school for saying it. Ooh. Like the whole lunchroom table started like dying laughing, and this like old lady meanie comes up to me and I was like, what's going on here? What's the meaning of this? And I was like, uh, and she's like, well, and so I, I saw no other option but to say what happened. Like, so and so farted, and we all giggled. And she's like, farted? Do you use that language at home? I'm like, well, what would you call it? Like, I passed wind from my anus? That sounds so much worse. Where Just use the cute word. From? Where did poot come from? I mean, I guess because you poo, and then you. Well, see, we always it? said we said toot, like toot, toot? was our. Word. So is it a combination of it's a combination of poo and tooted? Sounds like a shark. <laughs> Shart's another combo word, yeah. But anyway, you were you were saying you you it's didn't call it that. You weren't allowed to say it back then. No, we weren't allowed to say fart. Um, so like, who yeah. who was like the the person uh, making this rule? Like family? Yeah, parents. What, did, we weren't allowed to. It was, it was just it was just unspoken. It was a no word. It was unspoken. Like, could you not say anything, or was there like a substitute, like a toot. cutesy word? Toot. Okay. Yeah. We tooted. Yeah. All right. And then when that song "Toot It and Boot It" came out, <laughs> it was the greatest. Toot it and boot it. Anyone? Yeah, I just now I just have this like parody song. Maybe maybe Kip can record this, but all I can think about now is like LMFAO, and I just want to be like, I'm gassy and I know it. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, that is gonna do it for our uh, our first ever 99 bottles. We promise the the future ones won't be that grotesque. The the subject matter will be much more normal. (laughs) But uh, for some reason, this was stuck in my head, and I needed to exercise that demon. I had to get it out. So, <laughs> <Gross. laughs> so we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we will have our featured interview uh, Nick sat down on the phone with Emily Slayton of Skeleton Key Brewery in Woodridge, Illinois uh, she was an awesome interview and she got to talk in depth about their incubator program so we're going to have that right after this stay tuned you're listening to the After Work Drinks podcast For all the latest news and events, visit our page at twitter.com slash awdpod. And once you're there, make sure you never miss a tweet. Follow our Twitter handle at awdpod.
It's time for our featured interview. It's a celebration. So raise your glasses. Here's to you. So we have uh, Emily Slayton on the uh, on the phone here. She is from Skeleton Key Brewing Company in Woodridge, the co-owner, co-brewer, co-marketing manager, co-janitor, <laughs> I'd imagine, too, probably. <laughs> co-everything, yeah. Well, thanks for your time. I-, I wanted to dive a little bit into your whole incubator program, and that kind of ties into why you named the brewery uh, why you did, right? Can you go, in- go into a little yeah. bit why you called it the Skeleton Key Brewing Company? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when uh, Yeah, when we were coming up with names for the brewery the idea of a skeleton key really fit with what we were trying to do um which is you know it's this idea of a key that opens uh you know many different doors and so for our brewery we figure you know one of those doors is appreciating beer through actually tasting it drinking it um another one of those doors is you know through learning to you know gaining the language to talk about beer and uh, you know appreciate it in that way and so those are the classes that we teach. And then the other door that the key opens is to actually helping people open their own breweries. Um, and that's through our incubator program. Is there another industry right now where one company will invite somebody in to open up what essentially would be a competitor? <laughs> I, have- um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but, you know, it's, it's interesting that you say that because it's, you know, there's, if there's one thing that's really unique and really cool about the brewing industry is that, I mean, we are competitors, but I think that if you spend enough time around, you know, brewers and brewery owners, um, it's really a lot more collaborative than it is competitive. You know, we're all doing something different, and you have enough, uh, you know, confidence in the product that you're putting out, you shouldn't be afraid of other people joining the fray. And that's kind of what's cool about the brewing industry in itself is how hyper-local it is too, right? You, yeah. you know, you, I would imagine, I don't know, I'm just, I'm going to pull a number right out of my hat that <laughs> 80% of your customers are from within three miles or something. I'm not, I don't know if you actually have numbers <laughs> on that, but it's got to be some, some pretty hyper-local number like that. I don't have uh, specific numbers, but yeah, I mean, it really is very local. Um, Everybody, I mean, that's, you know, there's so many, within 10 miles of the brewery, there's, you know, 10 breweries. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people around here will hop from one to the next. And, you know, I think that's a really cool thing. All right. Well, let's talk about the incubator program. Uh, Give me the umbrella, the general gist of what you're trying to do with that. So basically our whole, the whole idea behind the incubator program was, you know, not only helping be sort of like a springboard for other people's businesses and helping them, you know, do the thing that we did after having to go around to so many different, you know, we took classes. We, uh, we interned at a brewery out in Colorado. Um, I went to Barley Field School up in North Dakota State University. We were brewing together for 10 years. Um, oh, well, at this point, 10 years. And we thought, you know, it's kind of crazy to have to go to all these different places to learn these things. And so we thought, you know, what if we created a program that would allow people to sort of get some of that experience and uh, some of that information that's sometimes kind of opaque during the process. Mm -hmm. So um, so what we do is we have a homebrew contest, which is actually uh, entries are due just about two weeks from now. Um, And so when we do the homebrew contest, it's judged by local brewers. So, you know, potentially their future peers. Mm -hmm. And the people who move on to the best of show round then we interview those folks and talk to them about what their plans are, sort of where they are in the whole process. And, you know, it's really not our goal to be teaching people how to brew beer. We want people to, you know, 
if you're entering this industry, you should already know how to brew beer, and you should already have a lot of that under your belt. Our our role is really more to give a leg up, you know? And so it's this idea of a rising tide lifts all boats, you know? So like you said earlier, it's not about, you know, being afraid of helping, you know, future competitors enter the market. It's about the idea that by strengthening the craft community, by giving people that sort of leg up, that they're able to start stronger right out of the gate. And it just reflects back on the whole industry in a more positive light. Is the incubator program as old as the brewery? It is. Yeah, we did our, we've had, uh, we're actually our second incubee. I don't know if that's the word, <laughs> um, but our second incubee just, uh, just, uh, is just finishing up with us now. We're going to be doing his launch party shortly here. Um, our first incubees are actually uh, in the process of opening their brewery in Plainfield. So it's very exciting. And, uh, and like I said, we, we pick two, we pick one or two um, finalists to be a part of the program. And then they're with us for 12 weeks. So, and it's, it's very fluid. It's very much like, you know, we want to work around their schedule. Mm-hmm. We, we remember working full time trying to make this thing happen. So we really want to make it sort of modular and, and work with their schedule. So whenever they're able to come in and do stuff, we say, hey, this is what we're doing. If you can be here, awesome. And, uh, you know, it's really up to them to get as much out of it as they are able to. That's awesome. So and how long has the brewery been around then? It'll be two years in September. So you've only had two people go through the program in two years. So you, you're not doing more than one at a time then. There, there has oh, to, no. it's, a, it's a one-on-one thing, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a one-on-one thing. And I think that that's, I think that's really a key part of it um, because, well, first of all, for us, because we, we have so many things going on. <laughs> and so we really, you know, from time to time, we need to regroup and, you know, be working on different stuff. Um, so having having a whole bunch of people in here all the time would make it really hard to manage the other aspects of the business. Mm-hmm. So basically we have a winter incubi and a spring incubi. And you said in Plainfield, would that be garage band? It is. It is. Yeah. They got yeah. a really cool uh, location and a, and a pretty cool neighbor there as well. Oh man, they sure do. They really do. And, and, and they're great guys. Chris and Craig are just awesome. Now talk about them for a minute, which I think can kind of go and in, in, in talk about the program while we do that is, Sure. How, what's what's their story? Where did they start off? Do they have any brewery experience, or is it like you were saying before? They were home brewing. They know how. Yeah. They already know how to make really really good beer, and it's just that next step. Yeah, pretty much. They uh, they had been home brewing together for, I you know I don't know exactly how many years, but for quite a while they entered the homebrew contest, and um, their locked and loaded IPA made it to our uh, best of show round, mm-hmm. and so. You know, it was one of the, I think we had seven people make the best of show. And so then we interviewed them and we realized these guys really had their shit together, had their stuff together. <laughs> That's just fine. It's, it's, this, okay. is gonna, this is going to live on the internet, so okay. it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they really had their shit together and, and really knew what their, they had a vision um, and they had already put, you know, they had skin in the game. They already started on their business plan. Mm. They're already working on, you know, real details and were very thoughtful about how to move forward. And that's really important because, you know, as much as we want to help everybody get into the business, I think it's also really important to make sure that they are somewhat aware of the realities of the business. Like it's not just, you know, messing around, uh, you know, brewing beer in your garage every day. It's, I mean, it's business. It's a real thing. Um, And these guys really knew that and really had the passion and the right questions. And they just, you could just tell that they had what it took. So we, 
brought him on board and had him here for 12 weeks, you know, cleaning kegs, brewing beer, <laughs> working behind the bar. We did some branding exercises, um, helped him with some of the projections, um, you know, sort of pointed them in the right direction and just tried to help them not make any of the big missteps that are possible. What, what are some of the big missteps that you've seen or maybe you've made and you've come out you know, <laughs> on the other end at? I think a lot of them are financial in nature. Um, you know, just sort of, you know, planning for the really big expenses, the ones that are obvious, and then all the little things that, um, well, <laughs> that that seem like they're going to be little, but then mm-hmm. turn out to be really big. You know, uh, certain permits, like the wastewater permit, we never expected that to be <laughs> as huge of a thing as it was. You know, and likewise, uh, you know, when you buy a boiler, you know, the installation of the boiler costs as much, if not more, mm-hmm. than the boiler. So it's like little things like that where you're putting together your analysis for what you're going to need, and then you realize that, okay, double that, double it again, you know. But giving, being able to give these guys specific ideas of where those numbers were going to go up, I think that that's super helpful. Gosh, it just sounds so invaluable if you're starting to open up a business. And I would say even if I want to open up a sandwich shop being around <laughs> somebody who is doing this, because everything you've just said about, you know, pitfalls of opening up a brewery could be, could, could be for any, any, uh, true, you know, any true. kind of place. Yeah, and I think, you know, that goes back to, like, the whole thing about the brewing industry being more collaborative and being more supportive than a lot of, you know, we're very fortunate in that way than a lot of other industries because what we're doing is so, what everybody's doing is so different from each other. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know, I feel like that transparency can only strengthen the entire industry. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt us as individuals. When I got into radio, uh, Emily, we in college, we had a, a professional come down and they pretty much, it, it was the scared straight talk. It was, <laughs> it was putting the fear of God into you. And if you still wanted to do it after this talk, then more power <laughs> to you. Is there a moment like that, that you take your incubies in and go, look, this is, it's fun. It's great. It's rewarding. You're going to make cool beer. You're going to meet some cool people. But you know what? There's a scared straight moment here that you need to know. What is that moment? Is it just the financials? A lot, no, actually, I think that the biggest, you know, um, it's something we actually go through uh, during the interview process to actually determine who's going to be in the, in the program. And I think that the scared straight moment is really when we ask people what their, differ, what their differentiator is. Mm-hmm. And it is the one question that so many people don't have an answer to or their answer is something very generic like well i'm going to make really great beer everyone like, does well, yeah. in chicago that's not a differentiator no. there are hundreds of breweries making great beer so um so i think that that question is the one that really gives uh, a lot of these aspiring brewery owners food for thought but they have to stop and think man what is going to make somebody come to me over somebody else you know mm-hmm. and for us it was really our ed- educational focus that mm-hmm. was really what our differentiator it. You beat me to the punch. I was going to say, Emily, what is your differentiator? <laughs> I was ready for that one. Yes, you were, were you? You have you've done this before. What what is what was what's GarageBand's differentiator? What was his answer to that question that made you say, huh, this guy this guy or guys need to be a part of this program? Well they're both musicians. And so for them, music is really going to be a big differentiator for them. They really want to have, you know, more of a focus on just infusing music into the culture that they're creating at their brewery. And so that's mm-hmm. clearly reflected in the name. Um, and then also through the decor that they're going to have and the sorts of acts that they're going to have for live music and the space that they chose 
is so great for that. They really have oh, a great yes. space. Yeah, and they're going to have some pretty badass food sitting right next door to them, too. So that's, yes, they are. That's going to be very exciting. And I live a couple miles away from downtown Plainfield, so they can't open oh, up soon enough, uh, as far as I'm concerned. I know. Concerned. I am envious. What, what are some of the other brewery differentiators that you've seen maybe from established breweries in the area or or ones that you know that are coming up they're like you know that's a really cool hook sure yeah i think that um a lot of cases you know just generally speaking in beer it, it tends to be um breweries that focus on a specific style you know so like you've got uh you know dovetail where they're very much you know very traditional um german brewing practices that is a differentiator. They are doing, you know, clean German-style beers, and you know that that's what you're going to get from them. Um, another one is, you know, uh, Salmos does a lot of, you know, Belgians. Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of, but they've also created this sort of punk rock culture around them. Um, 350 in Tinley, mm-hmm. music is a big thing for them, too, to the point where music, their music festival has become, like, a huge deal uh, for, you know, both beer Beer lovers and for punk rock lovers. Um, trying to think. Uh, my answer to that uh, would be Noon Brewing. Yeah. My, my, oh, yeah, Noon Whistle. Noon Whistle. With their, with their mm. New England IPAs. I mean, their hazies, their gummies. They've got that on lock. And, and when they um, first started off being, uh, you know, being low ABV sessionable beers, you never saw that too much either. Yeah, no, no. And they still, I mean, and, and you know, Paul does a great job with those too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's, you know, once you find something that really stands out and you're able to, really do something great with it and that's what we've seen with the gummies um and like i was gonna say you know alter brewing they have such a commitment to like really clear you know high high clarity beers you know and it's it's just all these little things that you just it's what people go to your brewery for mm-hmm. and, and that's what i ask too whenever i get a brewery owner or a brewmaster on is you know what makes you different because it can't be good beer you, you get good beer just right. closing your eyes and walking you're going to run into a brewery making <laughs> yeah. really good beer yeah, and you better have good beer if you're going to open a brewery. So right. that can't be your differentiator. That's what got you, you know, to open your doors. Should, should this be our uh, segue into the Pollyanna collaboration? <laughs> I'm just sure, kidding. sure. We could talk about. Uh, that. I've, I've actually, I actually did a, uh, a a page on our website about that, and I didn't talk to you guys <laughs> about it, but I I did mention it because, uh, I mean, the way oh, that got you some great pictures. <laughs> oh, I would love to see the pictures and videos, but the way that you guys took what could be perceived as a failure in in mm-hmm. which you marketed beforehand, mm-hmm. which is dangerous to do, uh, yeah. but but to take that and turn it into such a, a fun, positive thing is talk about owning a business and being able to be flexible and pivot on a moment's notice. I just thought that was just a, a stroke of genius what you guys did there. Oh man, thank you so much. It was um, it was such a it was such a tough moment for us. And, you know, we were really excited to work with Pollyanna. I mean, we respect the hell out of Brian. He's such a great brewer. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we had sat down with, uh, with those guys a few times, you know, to talk about what we were going to do for this. And, you know, it was a different sort of collaboration where we were each brewing the beer separately, you know, at their location and our location. And unfortunately there were just too many, <laughs> there are too many unknowns, in the recipe that we put together, um, just from a supplier standpoint, mm. and I don't want to get any more specific than that, but let's just say that it just, things didn't work out the way we anticipated them working. And when it came down to it, we really, it was scary. We kept tasting it and tasting it and saying, all right, maybe it's, maybe it's going to get there. And then it wasn't until Thursday, the event was on Saturday. And it wasn't until Thursday that we said, 
this just isn't something that we, this isn't up to our standards. You know, I mean, it wasn't like, right. it wasn't like it got spoiled or, you know, anything went wrong with it other than it just not working the way we in, intended it to. But it wasn't something that we felt comfortable serving people, let alone people who had already like signed up for this whole yeah. you know event that we were doing yeah it's one so thing I, if you're just making a beer one off and you're like right. nobody would know about it yeah. right right yeah and I, th- I mean it happens all the time i mean you know um i think you know in general breweries know if they've made a beer that they aren't you know that isn't saleable and and you dump it mm-hmm. but it's done quietly there's no fanfare <laughs> there's no reason for anyone to right. know you just you know they dump it this is the first beer that we've made since opening that we basically had to dump and so you know there's something to be proud about that that Mm -hmm. we hadn't had anything really mess up prior to that but at the same time we really wanted to still give those people value you know something that would still be unique because that's why they were you know that's why they bought tickets to this event so um i'd had this idea in my back pocket for a while (laughs) and i said all right i'm gonna see if i can get us a dunk tank and (laughs) the boys were on board um, I was fortunate to not be a suitable candidate for the dunk tank. So, <laughs> so that was lucky on my part. Um, but really, you know, they were so happy to have a solution that we knew that people would at least, you know, have a fun time with that they were willing to get in that dunk tank. Now, the thing is, is that we, it being Thursday, you know, three days before the event, we were, we had planned on bottling part of that year. So we had chilled it down and oh, no. it was uh, to get it ready for carbonation. So it was sitting at like 32 degrees. Um, and uh, yeah, and so we shut off the glycol and it warmed up to a balmy 36. Oh, my and then we added some hot water and we got it up to 40 degrees by the time it was in the dunk tank. And, and uh, so, I don't think we yeah. need any, any, uh, any, lessons in male anatomy to know what happens when, when and that happens. too yeah i mean oh it's all poor so guys oh my gosh so there's oh are there gosh. photos and videos somewhere if people want to go check that out oh yeah there's a bunch on our facebook page um <laughs> actually i should post i should i should post some more of them but there are there are several um photos and then videos that our visitors the people who are here actually took so you can That's see john awesome. hitting the hitting the beer for the first time and it was <laughs> I, I, you know, from the brewing side, obviously you never want to dump a batch of beer, but no. from the, from the marketing and business side, I bet you that is a way more memorable moment for people. Your your brand <laughs> was probably stuck in more people's heads because of the failed beer and the dunk tank idea than if you would have just brewed a really good beer. Somebody drank it and moved <laughs> on to the next one. No, I think I think that there's there's some truth to that, and you know, and we look forward to you know some redemption at some point in the future when uh, we and Pollyanna can get together and do. Mm-hmm a collaboration that we're both proud of. All right, let's look forward. Uh, what is coming up next for Skeleton Key? Is there anything that we should uh, keep our eyes out for? Let's see. Um, gosh, you've got so much going on this summer with, like, festivals and stuff like that. And then the next big thing we're doing is we're going to be doing something called a Fermentation Fest, and you are the first person that I've talked to outside of this facility about it. But um, that's going to be in September, and it is going to be a really cool event where we are, it's all, all the proceeds are to benefit the Resiliency Institute, which is out in Naperville. They do a lot of work promoting permaculture efforts, sustainability, and food security. And we're going to have um, beer from scratch growing, beer from workforce, um, mead from Oakenshell Meadery, mm. and I'm going to be growing a gruit for it. And we'll be doing a kombucha presentation and have a plant sale, and it's going to be a good time. 
Where is that taking place? It's going to take place at the brewery. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to that for sure. I appreciate the breaking news there. Yeah, we'll have some information on our site soon about where people can pick up tickets. But yeah, it's uh, that's it's going to be really cool. I hope it's something we can make be an annual thing. I appreciate your time, Emily. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much, Nick. This is great. Ah, yes. Emily Slayton of Skeleton Key Brewery. Your key opens the door to a classroom filled with hops and suds. Like a mama bird carefully placing droplets of beer wisdom down the gullets of her incubees. Our pint glasses runneth over with knowledge as your incubator program finds and grooms one of the next great brewmasters. And so we say, Here's to you, Skeleton Key Brewery. Here's to you. For more information on Emily and her team, you can visit SkeletonKeyBrewery.com. And from there, you can also link up with them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I feel like I just sold that more so like To the, the pirates? To the parrots? To the pirates? To the pirates? <laughs> no, well, yeah, I guess the pirates would be down for that, but also um, the Old Spice guy. Oh, I, yeah. feel, I feel like I, was, I had a little bit of him going on in that voice. It was in there. But uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I think we just had a really fun show. I think that's going to do it for episode one. And I hope that you enjoyed listening to it uh, just as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. Uh, special thanks to Emily Slayton of Skeleton Key Brewery, who you just heard, and our special guest sit-in, Kip Russell. Kip, whoop, whoop. it's been a pleasure having you. Appreciate and, it. And uh, just tell the listeners how they can follow you online to see what you're up to, uh, see your videos, see your music, and anything you're doing on social media. Go ahead and uh, sure. run through that. It's any social media handle slash kid, K-I-D-D-R-U-S-S-E-L-L. So basically, we gotta go with the stage name. Kip is only this latest album. He's yes. still Kid with the double D on everywhere all else. Networks, yeah. All right, at Kid Russell on all of the networks. He's a man, but he's still a kid <laughs> at heart. So that's okay. And uh, also, once again, you can listen to us here at Afterwork Drinks, uh, SoundCloud.com slash AWD Podcast. They are our host, and we are super grateful for them. You can also find us at several of the top podcast directories such as itunes google play spotify TuneIn, and stitcher and uh social media again you can find us on facebook at awd podcast instagram at awd podcast twitter at awd pod snapchat after work drinks all one word uh next time out our 99 bottles discussion will revolve around guilty pleasures which should hopefully be much smoother than talking (laughs) about poop particles i hope hopefully we'll see how it goes and don't forget to stay tuned to those very same social media pages um that we mentioned again the the facebook and instagram handles at awd podcast um keep an eye out for announcements in episode two like our next guest sit in we have a featured interview from the industry so more to come and uh, big thank yous, big thank yous. Uh, I personally want to thank like all of my friends and family who have always been supportive of everything that I do in the radio and podcast realm. Uh, I feel like this is going to be possibly my most fun and involved project to date. So super thrilled to, to do episode one and get After Work Drinks off the ground. I will actually thank you, Danielle, straight out right here. 
in this room because I mentioned like, hey, like, so me and some guys are going to do this. And originally you were going to be marginally involved. And uh, before you became involved as a co-host of the show, you were super duper supportive of me, like go after it and get it. And that motivated me a lot to, to have that support. So I want to thank you and uh, and whoever you would like to thank. The floor is yours. Thanks. Um, yeah, it's been an exciting run. I know friends, fam, uh, my work family, um, even just talking about making a podcast before I actually listened to one has been my entertaining uh, beginning. Um, but it's exciting to see friends and family pop up on our map with who has listened. Canada listens yes. because of this girl. <laughs> All right. I know we're getting international here. The Canucks. Um, especially our Florida listeners as well. It's been a good time, but um, looking forward to building this with you and um, just continuing to make it, you know, and an exciting got, new thing. You've got a trip coming up to Italy too. So we may go Euro For with this sure. podcast. Some content on the social media straight from Italia. <laughs> and uh, Nick and Mike are, are not here for this episode. Hopefully we'll get Mike in on the next one. Uh, Nick, you've heard him in uh, some canned segments today uh, thanking him for Skeleton Key Brewery interview and for our news and events with What's Happened. Those guys probably want to thank their wives and, and their families as well. And they're all very supportive and we're happy to have everybody behind us on this. And I guess I just want to sign off by saying, please drink responsibly. You know, we joke about all this stuff, but obviously stay safe out there. Don't drink and drive. And we will see you soon. Peace. And that's going to do it for this episode of AWD. Be sure to follow us on social media for bonus content and all the latest show news and announcements. This has been the After Work Drinks podcast. Until next time. Cheers. Hey man, I need a strong drink. But first, I need to sneak out of work real fast. Uh, kick the shit off like a wedding crash. Hit my computer off. I slide past my boss. I will be tossed. If I'm caught again, but fuck it. I'm on the cell phone calling all my friends. How we do? People say I got hex games for brains. Cause the way I live my life, I must be insane. But life's an adventure. I just ride it out. Live in the moment. Might die tomorrow. Relax. I don't write this song to make it back. Work the circus works out, man. It's time to drink.